Good morning, everybody. It's a pleasure to see everybody. Like I always say, if anyone's interested in the Chavusa learning opportunity any time of day or night, please come over and see us. We'd love to try to help and do the best that we can. It's a big chizik to see what people do with their day off. And uh, it's a big covet. It's a Kiddush Hashem. I want to thank Rabbi Zakatinsky. He needs no introduction. He's already world famous with his kaiches, and we look forward to this year. Yes, kaiches. You know, you know they, they say there's a saying that a person's not supposed to judge a book by its cover. So Allah has come you're not supposed to judge Yidin by its cover, by their cover. But I figured, you know, that's only when it's going to be the negative. So I don't know most of you, but if I could just judge you by your cover, you look like a nice crowd. You look like a like good Yidin. So I'm going to go with that. I'm going to make that assumption. If that's uh, you'll be Michael me, I'm assuming that you're good Yidin. So Hashem, Hashem should bless you to come out on a day like this, you know. A day like this is a, it's a day that in Shemayim, Mestamad is a, you know, it's an ace rutzen for Yidin. Because this is when one of the big differences between us and them becomes clarified. How by them, there's no, there's no content to anything that they do. It's all just Coca-Cola, you know what I'm saying? But like with us, everything we have is mamish deep and tire is deep and we want to have depth and we want to discover that depth. So it should be Zeichel, the Rebbe should reveal to us in an open way, in a revealed way, the depths of Nishmas Yisrael, the depths of Yiddishkeit. It should be to experience good things, the Gula Shleim of Amitas. Alright, so, Rishos the Chosh and the Chosh Kehila. So I was asked to speak about the topic of Tzipis Yeshua of wanting, of looking forward, of, of uh, anticipating Mashiach. <clears throat> so, you know, a topic like that, that means what we should be doing is just like davening. You know, that's really what we should be doing. So, everything that we're going to be learning for the next few minutes is really what there is tefillah. It's itself a davening, a tefillah that we should be to experience gula. Because, you know, we can talk about Mashiach, but then when we actually see it, Bez Hashem, like, it'll become clear. So it's like this, you know, when it comes to the Indian of Tzipis Yeshua, of Afal Pish Yisma Me'im calls the Indian of wanting Mashiach, of looking forward to Mashiach, of hoping for Mashiach. So we know that we have to explain why, but evidently that's an important Indian. It's a very, very Chashav Indian. First of all, we know the Gemara says it's a famous Gemara. The Gemara says that after 120, right, a person goes up and they're asked, really, you're asked everything, right? Uh, everything is uh, investigated. 
But evidently, there are certain more essential questions that from which all the details of a person's life can be unpackaged. And one of the most essential questions that the person is asked is, did you spend your life anticipating, looking forward to, hoping for Gula? And if that's one of the foundational questions that a person is asked, it must be that that's a foundational aspect of Yiddishkeit. It must be. Now the truth is, we do find that it's a foundational aspect of Yiddishkeit. Right? It's well known the Rambam in his commentary to Mishnayis and Mesechus and Hedrin, in his introduction to Berchelik. So the Rambam establishes, well known, it's a well known idea, the Rambam establishes that there are 13 principles of faith, thir- certain, 13 Yisaitis, foundations upon which all of Yiddishkeit is built. And one of the final foundations the Rambam says is the belief, the amuna that we have in the coming of Mashiach. And what's interesting is, is that the Rambam, both over there in his commentary to Mishnais, and the Rambam in Hilchas Malachim, the end of Mishnah Torah, where the Rambam codifies all halachas. So over there, the Rambam articulates that this foundation of Yiddishkeit, to believe in Mashiach, is not enough just to believe in the concept of Mashiach. Part of that amuna, part of that faith, is to hope for Mashiach, is to want it to happen. So for example, I mean, the Rambam writes, and again, in uh, the end of uh, Hilchus Malachim, uh, the Rambam says, when he's this last two prokim of, of Hilchus Malachim, talk about Mashiach. So the Rambam's Lashon is as follows. The Rambam says, HaMelech HaMashiach Asalamayit, there's going to be, you know, Mashiach is going to come, v'chul, and he describes what Mashiach does. And the Rambam says, If a person doesn't believe in the coming of Mashiach, or let's say you do believe, but you don't anticipate it, you don't want it to happen, you're not interested. You're not Yeshua. So the Rambam says, if the, it's a very strong thing, This is an article of faith. It's not just a myla, it's not just a nice thing. It's essential to Yiddishkeit, not just to believe in Mashiach, but to want Mashiach to come. It's a piece of Yeshua. So the question is, Pella, what is exactly this Indian? This Indian of wanting, of, of, of believing in Mashiach to come. Why is it so important to want it? What's accomplished by wanting it? But more than that, so no, practically, we want to be able to come after 120 and uh, when they ask the question, it's a Yeshua, you want to be able to say yes. So, how do we ensure that we can say yes? So we have a tradition from Mary HaKadosh. It's brought down in Shar Kavonis. Rav Chaim Yital, the great student of the Ari HaKadosh, records from his Rebbe, the Ari HaKadosh, that the Rizal said there is one particular spot during davening, that if a person has Kavana during that spot, to want Mashiach, then after 120, when they ask you, Tzipisli Yeshua, you'll be able to say yes. When is that? So Rizal said, when you say during Shemineser, Shachas Minchemayr, of the brach of Es Tzemach David, Es Tzemach David, that we daven that the spread, the, the, the grove, the, 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 the tree of David HaMelech and so on should sprout forth. The Karnei Tarm Yeshua Secha, Ki Yeshua Secha, Kivina Kol So that's the bracha that's talking about the coming of Mashiach, hoping for Mashiach. So the Rizal said, if at that moment, in that bracha, that Semach David, if you have, if you're Mitzapal Yeshua, if you're mechazing yourself to want Mashiach at that moment, then after 120 years, when they ask it, it's a piece of Yeshua, be able to say yes. 
Now listen, everything we have from the Ariyah Kodesh, any tradition we have from the Rizal should not be taken lightly. It's not just like Stam and look, okay, it's, yeah, you have to find something, you, you, you want to make Tzipis Lishu part of your schedule, you know, because otherwise you'll forget about it. So Rizal says, it's a Taifa, so by Yetzimach Tovid, have it in mind. It's not like that. When the Rizal says something like that, it's getting to the core, to the essence. So it must be that the Indian of Mashiach, and specifically the Indian of hoping for Mashiach, is rooted in that bracha fundamentally of Etzemach Which means that if we're going to understand the Sogya, we have to understand better that bracha. And once we understand that bracha better, we'll be able to unravel things more. You know, you think about it, you now it's interesting, when you think in the context of Shemonesrei, so that bracha of Etzemach is a funny thing. Because what's the bracha right before Etzemach Tovit? Now, in the bracha of Yishlaim Ircha, we already also mentioned Davin Amelach. Yishlaim Ircha, Rachmim Toshav, Vesishkan Besaycha Kashi Divarata, Vechisei Davin Avdacha, Meir Lasaycha Tachin. So the bracha of Yishlaim is talking about the building of, of Yishlaim, the Beis HaMikdash, Yishlaim Ircha, Rachmim Toshav, Vesishkan Besaycha Kashi Divarata, that's the Shechina, that's the Beis HaMikdash, Vechisei Davin Avdacha, Meir Lasaycha Tachin. And we talk about the establishment of Malchus based David. So, and the, that's the bracha. So that if you just think about it, generally speaking, what exactly is being added by the bracha of Esem David? So we're just like focusing in on that Indian of David and Melech making it its own bracha. It's already mentioned in Yerushalayim Yericha. When Chazal established the Siddur, I, I, I would imagine that the, their assumption would be that every single word of Shemesh we would take seriously. So it's not like, you know, when you say the bracha of Yerushalayim Yericha, you might just like... Pass over Vichise David as if, you know, I, I, didn't, I, I wasn't paying attention, so we make a special bracha for it. The assumption is that every bracha Shemines you take seriously. So you already said Vichise David Avducha, Mirlasaychatachin. You already daven for the reestablishment of Malchus based David. What exactly is being added with the bracha of Esamach David? The truth is, it's interesting. It is Machlagis Bavli Yerushalmi, by the way, about this. If you have time, as a Shalom, get back to this. Everyone knows that we call it Shemineser, right? What does Shemineser mean? 18, right? Because there's 18 brachas. Aye, there's 19 brachas. It's not 18. So it's machlag is bavli yushalmi, what the answer to that question is. We're mostly, most of us are familiar with the bavli. What the bavli says, that really originally it was taka 18. But during the times of the second base of Migdash, when there was inyanim with uh, Malshina, with people that gave us tsaras, so they instituted a 19th bracha of Malshina. So that's why, but the original name of Shmanesri stuck. That's the Bavli. The Yishami has a different answer. The Yishami says that it's Taka because the bracha of Yishalayim Yircha and Esamach David is one bracha. It should be said as one bracha. It starts with Yishalayim and it ends with Esamach David. Now obviously we, we go with the Bavli. The Nusach of our davening is with the Bavli that it's divided into two. But that already is an interesting thing is that this Machlech is Bavli Yishami is it one bracha, is it two brachas? I mean something's going on over here. Okay, so these are the questions we have. What's the Indian? Why is Tzipis Yeshua so important? What is accomplished by wanting Mashiach? Arkadekach, that if a person believes in Mashiach but doesn't long for it, the Raman calls him a Kaifer. So why is Tzipis Yeshua so important? Number one. Number two, why is Tzipis Yeshua specifically connected to the Brach of Esemach David? And number three, Bechla, what's the Brach of Esemach David about? You know, we already mentioned it in Yerushalayim Yerichel, talking about Malchus based David. These are the, these are the questions. Okay. So let's investigate for the next few minutes a little bit in halacha 
the Indian of Malchus based David. And I think once we develop a, a little bit of a deeper appreciation in halacha, what the Indian of the kingdom of David Melch is, in terms of the Jewish people, so not only will we be able to then answer some of the questions we mentioned before, but we'll also be able to develop a natural sense of wanting Mashiach, you know, because, you know, there's a famous question from the Bardichever, the Bardichever, Kedushas Levi, he asked, he said, you know, we're supposed to want Mashiach. Uh, if you never had chocolate, then how could you ever want chocolate? So you could read about chocolate, you could read about uh, how delicious chocolate, you could see someone else that had chocolate, and you see how much he likes it. So, you can't say that you're going to mamish chalish for chocolate if you never had it. So the Bredishu says, how is it possible for a neshama, for a yid to want Mashiach Bemis? How is it possible? So I think once we learn about what Malchus based of it is, I think it will become clear that it's the most natural thing in the world for a Jew to want Mashiach. And by the way, if, if it's okay, I'll throw in another cash on the side. And if I forget to answer all the questions, please, like someone, someone you know, it's one of my uh, well-known shortcomings that I very often forget to answer all the questions that I ask. So you have to, you know, if I don't, please let me know. It's interesting, you know, when it comes to this Indian of longing for Mashiach, what exactly is the Nakuda that we're longing for? It's also a question. It's also very unclear. For example, if you take a look at the Rambam, again, in commentary to Mishnayis, and as well in Mishnah Torah, it's very interesting. The Rambam focuses heavily on the person Mashiach, on the Melech Mashiach. Not so much the era that that person ushers us into. The Rambam says that the principle of the, the fundamentals of Yiddishkeit that we have to believe in is that there's going to be this person from the descendants of Dovid and Melech, that's halachically the king of the Jewish people, and he's going to return Malchus based to its formal glory. And the Rambam says, and ultimately what we're hoping for, and what we're thinking about and believing in, is fundamentally revolving around that person and the return of Malchus based Dovid. Now that's something that's a little bit alien to us. When we would think about wanting Mashiach, we would probably be more inclined to focus on the general era the messianic era that that person ushers us into, which the Rambam also talks about. That's the final halachas of Mishnah Torah. He talks about that the era of Mashiach is an era of shalom, of menucha, of peace, of knowledge, of, of, God, of divine knowledge and divine awareness, of prophecy. But it's interesting. When it comes to this inning of wanting Mashiach, it's not so much focused on that. It's focused on the malchus of Beis David that ushers us into that era which makes the question of how we're supposed to long for Mashiach that much more difficult. Because within the concept of Mashiach, what would probably be easier for us to long for would be peace and health and prosperity and siyat and understanding Torah and keeping mitzvahs. That's a little bit more relatable. So not only is Mashiach itself somewhat unrelatable, like the Baradish asked, you never had shokah, how are you supposed to want it? But even within wanting Mashiach, the focus has to be on Malchus based David, which is foreign within foreign. So how do we connect to it? So as I said, let's learn a little bit about Malchus based David. And when we understand what Malchus based David is, I think we'll see that it's a natural instinct of a Jew to want it. And it'll become clear and we'll realize that we've had chocolate before. Okay, so I'll start like this. You know, this week's Parshish, Parshish 
So in Parshas Vayichi, there's a famous Pasuk, and there's a famous Ramban on the famous Pasuk. Pasuk says, you know, in the Parshas Vayichi, Yaakov Avinu was giving brachas to all the Shvatim, yeah? So it says in Pasuk that when it comes to the tribe of Yehuda, so there's a lot of brachas that Yaakov Avinu gives to Yehuda, and one of the brachas is, La Yosr Shevet Mehuda, Umechaikik Mevein Ragvav. That the scepter, La Yosr Shevet Malchus, kingship, should not leave from Shevet Yehuda, and authority should always remain in his descendants. So there's a Ramban over there. Now there's a, a very famous part of the Ramban, but I want to focus on, it's still a famous Ramban, but it's uh, not as famous. The Ramban says the following language, This Pasuk is giving us a hint, it's indicating, This isn't just a bracha about the future, this was a halachic establishment. Says the Ramban, Yaakov Avinu was giving Malchus to Yehuda at this moment, the Hoyrish Yehuda Mamshal Yisrael, and he was giving over, he was being Moirish, he was uh, giving over as a, as, a, as a heritage Malchus to the, to the tribe of Yehuda. And this is what Dovin Melach says in Dever Yom, it's quoted, that Dovin Melach said, V'yivchar Hashem Elke Yisrael bi Mikol Beis Avi. David says that Hashem has chosen me from my entire family, from my entire Shevet, to be the king over the Jewish people. In other words, says the Ramban, what's the context of that Pasuk? That the Ramban Hashem chose through Yaakov Avinu, chose Yehuda from all the Shvatim. That's Leos HaShevet from Yehuda. And then, you know, it becomes more specific. From within Yehuda, it goes to the house of Yishai, David Mel's father. That's what Shmuel Anavi, right? When he goes and says for Shmuel to anoint someone from, from the Mishpacha. So it's interesting, right? Hashem doesn't just say, go to David. He says, go to Yishai. And from Yishai, pick a son. So it says the Rabbah, that's the Mahalach. So sort of Malchus was given, and it becomes slowly but surely more specified. It's Yehuda, then it's Beis Yishai, and then from the house of Yishai, Ubi mi Beis Avi, myself, David Melch uh, saying, myself from my father's house. That myself has been chosen to, to be mamlech, to rule over the Jewish people. In other words, what we see from the Ramban is a fundamental point. Is that the Indian of Malchus based David has its origin in Shevet Yehuda Bechlau. In this Indian of Layoser Shevet Mehuda, where Malchus, and evidently, there is this Indian of the Jewish people having a king. No. So by the Shvatim, when you have uh, just uh, basically 12 Yidin, Okay, so one of them is picked as the king. That's Yehuda. Now, you know, there's been a lot more hidden. So now you have to be a little bit more specific. You can't have one tribe that are kings. You know, you can't have two kings. So now we're picking specifically Yishai's family. Even that's not enough. He has many sons. Okay, so specifically David. In other words, what the Ramban is telling us is that fundamentally the Malchus of David HaMelech is not a new Malchus. It's an old Malchus of Yehuda already. It's just becoming more solidified and more specific as time goes on. That's the sheet of the Ramban. And because of this, the Ramban, by the way, goes on to say the more famous part of the Ramban is that as an extension of this, the Ramban says, was, you know, not too long ago was Hanukkah. It's a nice thing to, to remind ourselves of, you know. So the Ramban famously says that uh, the Chashmanoyim, right, when they established the Malchus by the second base of Migdash, they did something wrong. They were wrong. What was, the, what was their wrongdoing? They're not from Shevet Yehuda. They're not specifically from the Malchus of David HaMelech. What are they doing? Becoming kings. Well, you also Shevet Mehud, it says in Pasuk. And the Rabban famously says that because of that, over time, 
there are families where Nebuch was decimated. Akadekach, the Gemara says famously that anyone that says that they're miyuchas to chashvinoim, it's not true. So that's the Rambam. The Rambam is not like that. It's subtle in the Rambam, but the Rambam is not like that. If you take a look at, uh, again, you have this in front of you, but it's Kedai. Later on, you'll, you can see yourself. The Rambam in the beginning of Hilchus Malachim, I quoted before the end of Hilchus Malachim, talking about Mashiach, but the beginning of Hilchus Malachim, when the Rambam discusses the topic of just Malchus in general, the Rambam says a very, uh, some language which is just very difficult, very, very strange. So it's like this. In the first chapter of Vilchus Malachim, it's Parak Aleph, Halachas the Rambam says as follows. First, the Rambam says the procedure of how to establish a king. When you have a king, you anoint him with anointing oil, and so on and so forth. And then the Rambam says, once the king is appointed, he's anointed, he's now a king. The Rambam introduces a new idea, which is that Malchus, kingship, goes down via Rusha. It goes down as an inheritance. Just like any, uh, any other property that a person has, Sarora, a person's position of authority, is also part of their you know, estate, or part of their uh, portfolio. And that goes down via Rusha. Or he says, it goes down to his, to his descendants forever. <clears throat> he quotes a Pasuk. The Raman then says, you should know, you should know this is a general rule. This is not only the authority of kingship, any authority, any position of power over Yidin, any designated job, is it goes be Yerusha, it goes as an inheritance. Okay. Fine. So far, so good. Then the Rambam seems to repeat himself, but repeat himself like slightly differently. Says the Rambam, Kivan Shanim David. Once David was anointed, so Zacha Bekesar Malchus. Now the Malchus is under the position, under the authority of Davna Melech. And now the Malchus, the authority of kingship, is now within the, the inheritance of Davna Melech's family forever. Okay. So when you read it on the surface, what's the Rambam doing? Pretty much like the, Ram, like the Ramban. In other words, first he introduces the idea of there being a king. And then he tells us that, by the way, kingship, amongst other authorities, goes down Birusha. And then he specifically tells us, by the way, so, who's the, so whose family owns it now? So Dovin Melch owns it now. But if you think about it, or again, it's hard to appreciate because you didn't have the language in front of you, but uh, you'll trust me. The language of the Ramah is very, very interesting. When the Ramah first introduced the idea of Malchus, among other authorities, going to Yerusha, the language of the Ramah, we know, we know the Ramah was very meticulous with his language. The Ramah's language was, the king, you know, has the possession of Malchus, and he's for him and his children forever. All of a sudden, when the Ramah specifically talks about the possession of Malchus in David Melech, his language changes. The Ramah's Lashon is, Harei Malchus Loi, so far similar, the Malchus is his, Ulubanov Hazacharim Hakshirim Ad Oilam. That the Malchus is now in the possession of Davna Melech, and it goes down Birusha to his male Kshirim, holy, you know, Yorish uh, God-fearing male descendants, Ad Oilam. A number of subtle differences. First of all, in the general statement of Malchus going Birusha, the Ramah just said, Loi Ulubanov. And Bonav doesn't mean male, Bonav means descendants, like any Hilchas Yerusha. 
So first of all, the first statement of the Rambam didn't make anything clear about male, and he didn't make anything clear about Kshayrim. All of a sudden, when he talks about Davna Melech, he makes those two points. And second of all, this is a little bit more subtle. In the first general statement, talking about Malchus amongst other inheritance of positions of power, the Rambam said, again, it goes to him and his descendants, Le'olam, forever. All of a sudden, by Davna Melech, again, he adds to descendants, but specifically Zcharim HaKsherim, and he adds in Ad Oilam. What's Ad Oilam? So there's a Chiddush from the Avni Nezer. It's a Chuvah's Avni Nezer in Yerdeya Shin Yerbeis. It's a long Chuvah, but uh, it's a Gavala Gachuvah. Avni Nezer says like this. He says a Chiddush. What the Rambam is subtly hinting to us is, a dis- is that he's disagreeing with the Rambam. Again, the sheet of the Rambam was, what is Mal- what's the nature of Malchus based of it? Nothing new than before Malchus based David. It's just that before Malchus based David, it was a little bit more open-ended. It's within Yehuda, but I don't know exactly who, which family. Okay, so comes David Melech, and he takes possession of that old Malchus. But it's an old Malchus that originates from the Yosef Shevet with Yehuda. Says Avdenezer, what the Ram is telling us is a chiddush with Malchus based David. Malchus based David in the Ramam Shita is not the old Malchus of the Yosef Shevet Yehuda. It's rather something new altogether. Says the says the Avinezer, the fundamental it's a chiddush. The fundamental nature of Malchus based of it is that Malchus has now restarted. It's not connected at all to Yosef Shevet Meyuda. It's restarted by David Melech. It starts with David and it ends with David. The only king that the Jewish people, according to the Rambam, will ever have from Malchus from from the beginning of David Melech is only David himself. Says that David Melech doesn't live forever. The Shleima Rechavim until Mashiach Tzidkenu. Says that the Nezer the Yisoyed Hadaver is is that any future king from Malchus based David is literally just stepping into the shoes of David Melech. Arkadekach that it's considered as if it's David Melech himself sitting on the throne. The Malchus is David's forever, and it's only David's forever. Therefore, says that the Nezer Chiddush. When it comes to regular Hilchas Yerusha. So how does, how does the laws of inheritance work? A person has an estate, and after 120 he passes on, and then it goes to a new owner. What's, who's the new owner? So if it's a son, it's a son. Let's say it's a daughter, it's a daughter. If it's an anakal, if it's a nephew, there's all halachas of Yerusha. It goes to all different places. Because that original owner ends, and uh, it has to go somewhere. So there's halachas of Yerusha. Says the Avinezer, that's not fundamentally how Malchus based David works. Malchus based David is not just a regular thing in Yerusha that it has to go somewhere. So where does it go? So the next uh, line in, 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 in Hilchus Yerusha, it's not like that. By Hilchus Yerusha, it always remains by David Melch. So who's going to be the one that's able to say, I am the reemergence or the continuation of that person that's called David? Says the Rambam, very specific. Banav hascharim hakshayrim. Male, kosher dekiyin. But if you have, says Avnezer, haloch lamaisa, says Avnezer, if let's say within Malchus based David, there's a king that doesn't have sons, and only has a daughter, and that daughter marries uh, someone from Shevet Ruvain, and they have a son. So in Hilchus Yerusha, where should the estate go to? So it goes to the grandson. Either grandson is not from the Shevet, then okay, but that's how Yerusha goes. It goes to the daughter, and then from the daughter it goes to their sons. Says the says Avni Nezer, but that's not how Malchus based David works. Malchus based David works. It has to go banav hazachar. That's the only way it goes, and that's why the, the Rambam is now bothered with a big problem. It's like, 
how do I know for sure this is going to happen, right? I mean, the, the, you know, you're not always guaranteed that all of your descendants will have a son after son after son. It doesn't always work like that. So maybe it'll happen throughout history that that line will be disconnected. Not that there won't be children, but maybe it'll be just a daughter. How do I... And, and then Malchus based over it ends, Chas Vashom. So to that, the Rambam then continues. And he says, Even though I just told you, that Malchus based David now only goes in that specific line of males and kosher males because they have to be the re-emergence of David Melch himself. Like Tichras Malchus you should know we're already promised it's not going to end. In other words, it'll work like that. There's always going to be a Ben Achar Ben Achar Ben or Maybe not the other lines, but that's always going to be. And he brings down Sukkot. Why is Ram talking about this? Stam Devri Nevuah. The answer is, without this promise, then the Ramam can't tell us the previous halacha. You can't tell us a halacha that Malchus based David depends on Banav HaZcharim unless we can know going in that that's a, that's a guarantee. Otherwise, you can't say such a thing because uh, who says it's going to happen like that? By the way, this, this idea of Malchus based David restarting with David and ending with David doesn't move from David HaMelech is something that it's, all, you know, it's almost come out first in the Pasuk. You know, for example, uh, it says in, uh, at the end of Sefer Shmuel, when Shloim HaMelech, right, we know that David HaMelech Vahik, Yitzhak, and David, David HaMelech was old, right? And it's a whole thing, what's going on? So he has one son that wants the Malchus, and Batsheva and Nosan Hanavi have an issue because Shloim HaMelech was promised the Malchus. So it's a whole mice over there that they get David HaMelech to to establish already right now that Shalom is going to be king. So it's an interesting thing. There are two very interesting parts of that story. Number one, something that's never happened before and hasn't happened since. Shalom Melech says in Pasach, I'll make a point of this, Shalom Melech actually began his rulership and his, and his Malchus while David was still alive. It wasn't that Pshat that David died and then like, you know, he had just appointed, no, no, he appointed, Shalom Melech was actually the king, practically, he was the ruler while David was still alive. Akadekach, that, has, that the Pasuk says, at the end of the whole story, after David HaMelech promises Malchus is going to be by Shleim HaMelech, what's Bathsheba's response? It's the last Pasuk in that Haftarah. Yichi HaMelech David La'ilam. That David shall live forever. What does it mean? He's on his deathbed, come on. The answer is, that's what Shleim HaMelech means. Shleim HaMelech establishing the next line, the next stage, the next step in Malchus based David, while David is still alive, is establishing this truth of the Ramah, which is that Malchus based David begins and ends with David Melch. I Shleima. Shleima is nothing more, I can say nothing more, it's not nice to say, but Shleima Melch, in terms of Malchus based David, is just filling the shoes of David Melch. It's a re emergence of David himself. And the truth is, the Ramah already hints to this also in, Hilchus, in, in the end of Hilchus Malachim, when the Ramah talks about the person of Mashiach. The Ramah's Lashon is as follows. The Ramah says a uh, very, very interesting thing. The Ramah says, HaMelech HaMashiach Asad Lamed, Mashiach is going to come, Ulahavzer Malchus Beistavu Yashna and return Malchus Beistavu to its original glory. And the Ramam then goes on to talk about the different conditions that this person has to meet in order to prove himself as Mashiach. And says the Rambam, In Yamin Melech HaMashiach, if a person comes with the Yichas of David HaMelech, Hoyge B'Toyra V'Oisig B'Mitzvah, so he's coming from Zerah David, and he's a from a Yid, he's learning Torah and so on, Kedavid Aviv, Mamish like David his father. Like David. That's a high standard. 
This is when you read the Sadaris. I don't think anyone, I don't think it's, uh, you know, uh, so what does Rama mean, Kedavarov? It's before Shem talk about it. But the very fact that he says Kedavarov is, 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 is saying something. What he's saying is, what he's hinting to is this idea. It's a Malchus based David is, is nothing new. It's Mamish, a return of, of David himself. Mamish, a return of David himself. <clears throat> this is why, by the way, the Rambam, it's interesting. The Rambam doesn't seem to say, he doesn't seem to hold like this anymore in Mishnah Torah. We have this very often. Sometimes the Rambam says something in commentary to Mishnah, and then he changes his mind. It happens. So in Pirish Mishnayis, the Rambam says specifically in introduction to Perchelik over there, where he talks about the Ikari Yamuna. The Rambam says Mefurish that the you have to believe in, in, in the return of Malchus based David, and he says you have to believe in David, and you have to believe that it's that Mashiach comes from David, but specifically from Shleim HaMelech. Why Shleim HaMelech? The answer is, is because Shleim HaMelech, the Malchus of Shleim HaMelech, is establishing this truth that Shleim is king while David is still alive. So if you just believe in a person coming from Zerah David, okay, maybe he's just a, he's Yorish like any other Yorish. No, no, no. But he's coming from Shlema, who himself was really just being the Malamokim David Aviv. This is David HaMelech. So we have this right now, it's a very fascinating Machalak, it's Ramban and Rambam. Again, in the Sheet of the Ramban, what's Malchus based David? Nothing new. It's a, the old Malchus of Shevet Yehuda that was, that was uh, given a position over the other Shvatim and just becomes more specified with time to eventually David HaMelech. Comes the Rambam, there's all there is is David HaMelech himself, not he's disconnected from the Malchus before, and there's no Malchus after, it's just David HaMelech. Okay. No. So we have to understand, what's the, what's the premise of this? All of Tyra, I've mentioned this many, many times in different, different ways, but all of Tyra is defined as similar to a body, to a, to a, to a Jew, you know, Taurus Chaim. So life is a combination of body and soul. And whenever we interact with each other, it might look on the outside like our bodies are interacting. But really, what we're really interested in is our souls interacting. Just how does, how do, how do, how do, how do, how do Nishamas hug each other? Nishamas can't hug each other. So they need a goof, they need a body to facilitate the neshamas to hug. But that's really what we're interested in. So Torah is the same thing. There's a certain soul of Torah, there's a certain truth, a ruchnis, a divine idea, and a divine reality that's coming into the world through Torah. And just, how do we connect to that? The way we connect to that is through the body of Torah. So what we just established is, what is the body of Malchus based David? The body of Malchus based David is Machlekes Rambam and Ramban. But what's the soul of Torah that is emanating through that? And you know the nature of neshama versus body is that body is made of different parts. So by a body, that's what, like what happens, I mean, I have to speak in a nice way, but what happens when a neshama leaves a body? Then the body falls apart, right? So what's, what does a neshama do? What a neshama, part of what a neshama does is that it keeps things together, right? It unifies different parts. So whereas in the body of Malchus based David, it remains a machlaikas. But when we are introduced to the neshama of Malchus based David, the soul of this sugya, then what we're going to realize is, that both the Ramban and the Rambam are both correct, and they're both necessary to understand and to hug this Indian that's called Malchus based David. So let's, let's, let's go about it in the following way. What's the panemius of the sheet of the Rambam? That the Malchus based David is David HaMelech. It's David HaMelech, always was, always will be, it's just David HaMelech. Okay, so in Chazal we find something unique to David Melch. David Melch was a big tzaddik, yeah? But there's something special about David. What was David Melch? 
Chazal say the following thing, that Dovna Melch is described in Chazal in a few places, in the Medrash Zarek Kaddish especially, Dovna Melch is described as the fourth regel, the fourth uh, foot, or, uh, you know, of the chariot. The fourth regel of the Merkava. What does that mean? Chazal say that of all the tzaddikim we have, there are four tzaddikim that they embody what's called the Merkava Velikus, the chariot of, the, of divinity in this world. Avra Mitzvah Yaakov David. That's why, you know, there's only two people or two categories of people that we have a bracha that's Mogin, right? So it's Mogin Avram, it's and then you have Mogin David. It's the only thing we have. So Chazal said there's such an Indian that Avram, what's unique to David just as David? Not as a member of Shevet Yudah and not as a forebear of anything else. David himself. What's unique to David is that he is the completion of what's called the Merkav. Which means... That the soid of the sheet of the Rambam, the panemius of what the Rambam is revealing to us is in terms of the nature of Malchus based David, is that the fundamental nature of Malchus based David is that through Malchus based David there is an experience, there is a revelation, there is a, an emergence of what's called a Merkava, the chariot of Elikos. That's the, the definition in terms of panemius of what Malchus based David is. And because the Indian of Malchus based David is to establish and to bring down this Indian of what's called a Merkava, so it has to be David and David alone. And any future king is just filling the shoes of David and Malchus. What does it mean in Merkava? I don't know. It's nice Merkava. Even if I did know, I couldn't say, right? It's nice It's nice Merkava. Before I get to explain, let me just say the flip side. So the Malchus of Dovra Melech, in terms of the Rambam, from the view of the Rambam, from the lens of the Rambam, what's Malchus based David? An emergence, a reality of the Merkava. By the way, this in the Merkava, the fact there are four legs to the Merkava is not a coincidence. No. Four is uh, the, the, the Shema Etzim, the essential name of God is what? Is Yudkevavke. That's four letters. So each one of the Raglaim of the Merkava being completed by Malchus based David, by David Melch himself personally, is the Indian of the revelation of Yudkevavke. What does Yudkevavke mean? No. Yudkevavke means that everyone knows what's the tight, not the tight, but uh, what is, what's the remnants of Yudkevavke? So the Torah writes in Shulchan Aruch. Yudkevavke means Haya, Haiva, Viyya. That the Rabbanu Shalom was, is, and always will be. What does Yudkevavke mean? What is the revelation of Elikos? as it's manifest through the name Yudkevavke, which is the Merkava, which is Malchus based David, according to the Rambam. What is that? It's the transcendence of God. That the Rabbani Shalom is above and beyond anything we could possibly fathom. The Rabbani Shalom was, is, and always will be. There is no... The Rabbani Shalom is infinite. That infinity of godliness is what it means, Merkava. That's why you can't talk about the Merkava. Because how could you talk it? How could finite words capture that which is infinite? Can't. But this is the chiddush of Malchus based David. The chiddush of Malchus based David is contact with that which is infinite, mamish, infinite. That's why you know the Vilna Gaon writes in his Birah Gro and Shulchan Aruch that the that Yudkevavke is Hayyavi. The Gaon writes that that's only a remez. That's Rosh Tevis, you know. But uh, what's the taich of Yudkevavke? The Gaon says the taich of Yudkevavke is. The one that exists, the one that exists. That, that that's a deep that's a deep statement. The one that exists, because none of us can really say we exist. 
because there's so many things that support our existence. If you were to take away the food and the air and the, the ground under our feet, then we don't exist. So you can't say that we have a Metzius Amitis. The only one that truly exists is the one that's not, con- that's not constricted by any system to facilitate that existence. See, the very definition of finite reality is that it depends on things. Depends on that. That's what finite means. Like, it has to have a beginning. And that's not just in time, that's in concept. Like, a person begins to exist because there's food. There's a, there's a presupposition. There's a siba. The Rabbanishim doesn't have that. The Rabbanishim is infinite. The Chiddush of, again, of, of, of the Maisa Merkava, the Chiddush of Malchus based of it is that that Indian of what was before creation, the Indian of the one that exists, the one that's infinite, emerges into our world. That's Rambam. What's the Rambam? Again, the Ramban said, what's Malchus based David? Malchus based David originates in what? In the Malchus of Yehuda over the Shvatim. How many Shvatim were there? Okay, this is a complicated question. Push it. When you learn, uh, 12, yeah? 12 Shvatim, yeah? You can make it complicated. 12. It's, the shear is complicated enough. We'll keep it simple. 12, yeah? Okay. What's the number 12? In the Sefer Yitzir, the Book of Creation, we have a tradition that the number 12 is a significant number. The number 12 captures finite reality. Finite reality. What do I mean? I don't have a blackboard over here, so you use your imagination. Imagine a cube. Three-dimensional space is a cube, yeah? So if you imagine a cube, if you were to count all the lines that connect all the corners of that cube, what's a cube? Six sides, right? Four directions, up and down. That's finite reality. That's the world. Six. That's the world. Six. This way, that way. This way, that way. Up and down. That's it. It's the box that we exist in. How many lines in a three-dimensional cube exist to connect all those corners to each other? It's 12 altogether. If you just imagine four lines on top connecting the four top corners, four lines on the bottom connecting the four bottom corners, and then four lines along the sides connecting them, you know, vertically. It's 12. In the Sefer Yitzir, this is called the Yud Beis Gvulei Alkasai, the 12 lines that connect finite reality to each other. Writes the Sefer Yitzir, and the Maral talks about this in many places. What are the Shvatim? The Shvatim are, the Maral calls them Amudei Oilam, the pillars of this world. Whereas, so let's put it this way. Whereas the Rambam is a revelation of what? Of what is Malchus based of it? Malchus based of it means that which is transcendent, that which is above time and space, that which is infinite, that which was, is, and always will be. The four Raglaim of the Merkava. The Ramban is revealing to us that what? Is that that reality, and this is where Pneus Sattar unites the two, that that reality of infinite, of transcendence, of that which is above, that which comes before creation, the Chiddush of Malchus based David and Melech HaMashiach is that all of that is able to be experienced and felt and absorbed in creation itself. What do we say in davening every single day before davening? See, it's interesting, davening... Chazal described davening is chai shah, things of this world. That's what you're davening for, parnasa and brachim, things of this world. But the opening line, I can say opening, but one of the beginning lines of karbanas is what? Is that we establish a truth. We say, atahu at shaloi nivra oilam, atahu mish nivra oilam. Rabbi Shalom, you are the same God from before creation to the same God after creation. What are we saying that for? What does it even mean? The answer is, 
what we are doing in davening is that we're talking about things of this world. We're talking about shvat, and we're talking about things of this world. The yudbeis gavuli alkes and parnasa, shadochem, all these things of this world. But what we're trying to really do in davening is to be mamshech, to draw down the infinite God in finite reality. That a Jew should be able to experience elokus in a comfortable way. You see, if we just experienced Yud Kevavke, so to speak, it's overwhelming. You would be blown away. You would be, uh, we would melt away in the infinity of it. On the other side, if all we have is this world, then we become very small people. What's the Chiddush of the greatness of a Jew? What's the Chiddush of the greatness of Yemaisa Mashiach? The Chiddush of the greatness of Yemaisa Mashiach is to be able to experience in this world that which comes before it. That's the Chiddush of Yemaisa Mashiach. The Ramam himself articulates this. The Ramam at the end of Mishnah Torah, the Ramam describes what's Yemaisa Mashiach. The Ramam talks about two things. The Ramam says that Yemaisa Mashiach is going to be a time where there's unbelievable chef and bracha and atzlacha, you know, everything is going to be gavadlik. You're not going to have, it's mamish, Olam Hazah is going to be mamish flourishing. And within that keli, within the vessel of this world, says the Ramam, what's going to be Yemaisa Mashiach? The Ramam's Lashen is, it's good to read it, uh, you know, to see it ourselves. The Ramam's Lashen is, the involvement of the whole world will be to know who the Rav Shalom is will become very very wise and so on this is the key, the key words will reach the understanding of our creator says the Ramam based on the ability of a person that's a it's an oxymoron, that's a parrot what does it mean? you'll understand you'll reach the knowledge of your creator based on not being the creator, then that means I can't reach the knowledge of my creator. The Ram is hinting to us the secret of Yemais Mashiach, the secret of the Yichud of the Rambam and the Ramban in terms of Malchus based David is to reach the understanding of our creator within the ability of a person. That's the soy, that's the secret of that which is before creation being embedded in creation itself. This is, by the way, it's not a I guess I could say in parentheses, it's not a coincidence, by the way, that this is the Rambam versus the Ramban. There's a, se- there's a safer we have from the Rizal. By the way, I don't, there's no clocks here, which means that you're in trouble. Like, uh, <laughs> but, uh, okay. So anyway, so uh, I have an internal clock, so don't worry about it. When I start confusing myself, that means I'm done. Okay? <laughs> so the, there's, a, there's a safer we have that's from the Rizal called Shara Gugul, uh, 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 so over there he talks about neshamas and the nature of the neshamas. There's a line over there, it's a palakazach. The, the Arizal says that, he's talking about, that we, can't, we wouldn't be able to say such a thing. The Arizal, the Arizal says that the sharish on neshamas of the Rambam versus the Ramban. So the Arizal says that the sharish on neshamas of the Rambam is from the side of Chesed. And the sharish on neshamas of the Ramban is from the side of Kavura. One of the ba- basic differences between Chesed versus Kavura and the Kisviari is that chesed always means expansiveness. It means that which is infinite, that which is ever, that which is oilam chesed yibana. What's gavura? What's the left side? It means restraint. It means constriction. It means finite. The Rambam Lishitasai, based on the Shersh of his neshama, establishes what's malchus based David, that which is infinite, the Merkava. The Ramban Lefi Shersh Nishmasai, how does he establish malchus based David? The malchus of the Shvatim, that which is finite. That's a, by the way, it's interesting. You know, the Rambam, Rambam, the, 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 it get confusing. So how did the Jewish people intuitively develop an ability to tell the difference between the Rambam and the Ramban? So that's the accent, right? By the Rambam, where do we put the accent? On the right side of the word, Rambam. 
Ramban, where do we put the accent? The left side, Ramban. That's the Shurish and the Shemus of what they're coming from. So let's go back. Let's go back. These two brachas, Yishalayim Yircha and Asemach David. Yishalmi puts them together, it's one bracha. Bavli keeps them separate. Bavli is Golas. Yishalmi is Geula. The bracha of Yishalayim Yircha, Yishalayim is a code word for the Jewish people themselves. Dabro Alev Yishalayim. Yushalayim, the first bracha of, of, of Yushalayim Yercha is, is, is trying to daven that the Jewish people in the finite world, in this specific world of Shiftei Ka, of Amudei Oilam, we should be zaycha to have, uh, to have good things. We should have all the kalim of this world. And in that bracha of Yushalayim Yercha, we talk about Malchus based David too. But the Malchus based David of Yushalayim Yercha is what Malchus? It's Ramban Dikin Malchus. It's a Malchus of the kalim of this world, of a Jewish people to Gamalchus. Not a rabbinish Malchus, so to speak, but a Jewish people to Gamalchus. A finite, or a post creation to Gamalchus. But then you go to the next bracha, the Semach Dover, Avdacham Heres Atzmiach. That's talking about Mashiach, right? But it's interesting. It's not, it, talk, it describes Mashiach as an offshoot of David himself. That's the secret of Malchus based David of the Rambam. Chazali, we, we say this in, in Shana Rabbah, right? We say, talking about, we, we want Mashiach to go, Shana Rabbah is about Mashiach, right? We're talking about Mashiach, what we say? Ish Tzemach Shemoy, what's the next words? I'll tell you. Hu David Bahatzmoy. Ish Tzemach Shemoy, his name is Tzemach. He is David Amelch himself. It's the Rabbah. Es Tzemach David Meir Satzmiach. See, the secret of Yushalmi which is the secret of Gula, he unites those two brachas. Because that's the secret of Gula. The secret of Gula is that which is infinite, which is a Semach David, is manifest and experienced and finite. That's Yerushalayim Yerich. Bavli, which is Golas, Golas is that we're stuck. We have these two things. We can't bring the two together. That's the, that's the, that's the, that, that's the, that's the, the sadness of Golas. Is that a Jew has to never sometimes feel as he make a choice. Either I'm in that place of godless, of the Rambam, or in that place of, uh, of constriction. Either it's Yerushalayim or it's a Semach David. And by the way, it's Bashkacha Pratis. What f- it's Dafka. So what completes the 19 brachas? What makes the 19? So it's Vulam Shinim, right? It, because of the, the pain of Golas and the enemies, that which is Vulam Shinim, that's the wedge that separates the brachas of Yerushalayim and at Semach David. That's the nature of Golas. So let's understand. So based on all of this, Based on all this, what do we see? Is that when we're hoping for Mashiach, what are we hoping for? Mashiach himself, that Indian of Malchus based David, is, it captures what Yomaisa Mashiach is, right? We said before, like, what am I looking forward to? Am I supposed to be looking forward to the return of Malchus based David? That's what it sounds like. But what I'm really interested in is, like, Yomaisa Mashiach. The answer is just one of the same. The whole Indian of Malchus based David captures what Yomaisa Mashiach is. And what is Yomaisa Mashiach? Yomaisa Mashiach means living a life that we're familiar with, that we're comfortable with, a God that we're familiar with, Yiddish God that we're familiar with, but altogether different. Altogether different. When Mashiach comes, Be'ez Hashem, we're going to still put on tefillin. And by the way, it'll be your tefillin, right? It's not like, uh, you know, it's not like all of a sudden you're going to have to buy a new pair of tefillin. It's the same tefillin you're wearing today. But it'll be altogether new tefillin, right? That's what Mashiach is. Mashiach is that which is completely new, completely transcendent, Rambam Dik, in the world of the Ramban. 
So we ask the question, why is it that a person has to want Mashiach? What's the avoid of Kivinu of Mitzap and Lishua? So first of all, even just learning what we just learned until now, we understand that the ability for a Jew to want Mashiach is rooted in the very essence of what Nishmas Yisrael is. Because what is Nishmas Yisrael? Nishmas Yisrael is a funny thing. It, Nishmas Yisrael is an entity, is an, uh, an organism that both exists in this world and is very comfortable and familiar with the finite reality of this world, but that's not really where we're coming from. That's not really where we're from, right? The fir- it's interesting. The fir- what was, what's the you know? There's a clown Yiddish guy that the first time something is said, that's the essence. What's the first description that a Jew gives about himself? So the first Jew was Avram Avinu, right? What's the first thing, what's the first time that a Jew describes himself to Goyim? The answer is the first time he describes himself as Parshish Chayisara, where he's dealing with buying Marsanach Pelon. What does he say about himself? How does he define himself to the Bnei Ches? Ger v'saishav anoichi yimoche. What's the Ger v'saishav anoichi I am a foreigner and a citizen amongst you. So, as I'll say, Rashi teaches what that means. But Kipshutai. Avram is saying I'm two things. I'm a citizen, but I'm a foreigner. That's a Jew. You have foot, one foot in this world and one foot in the next world. One foot in this world and after creation, one foot in before creation. That's the nature of a Jew. The nature of a Jew is to want to, is to want to interact with a God that you understand and don't understand at the same time. That's the most comfortable thing that a Jew can ever have, is to relate to a God that's knowable and unknowable at the same time. There's a line from the Zohar Kaddish. The Zohar says, Less machshavat tefisa beklal that no mind can grasp God, and then the Zara says, "Avol nitvas uberiyus to deliba," but he is grasped in the depths of the heart. So which one is it? It's both at the same time, and that's the most comfortable thing for an Hashem. When we realize, when we become a little bit more sensitive to the very nature of nishmas Yisrael, then we realize that wanting Mashiach and longing for Mashiach is the most natural thing in the world. We've all had the chocolate. We're made of chocolate. And then you might not want to eat it. Okay, whatever. But do you understand? So what's the, what's the Indian of wanting it? What does wanting do? I'll end with this. There's a, this might be the hardest thing to explain. Okay. So there's a, in the writings of Ramchal, there's an unbelievable drasha that we have from the Ramchal. It's very like not Ramchaldic, evidently, but evidently it was, you know. There's something called Drush Benin Akiva. I've quoted this other places. Drush Benin Akiva, the drasha that the Ramchal gave about hopefulness. Just a few lines. Ramchal say. Right? There's a whole sefer of tefillahs that we have in the Ramchal. And every single tefillah ends with that passage. That was the first time. But what's the passage is about in Parshat Vechi also, right? When Yaakov Avinu is giving a bracha to Sheva Don and he sees Shemshan Agibar, which is, as the passage says in Sefer Shaiftim, he begins the process of redemption. Yaakov Avinu says, So, the beginning of creation. See what's beginning? That beginning means the point of contact between that which is before creation and that which is creation. The rashis habriya is betekva. Hope. See, what is hope? What's the nature of hope? Hope is a paradox. Because if you're hoping for something, it means that you don't have it yet. And it means that you probably don't even you know, have the ability to get it. If you have the ability to get it, then get it. So it means it's whatever it is that you're hopeful for, it means it's beyond your cable. So why are you hoping for it then? 
The very nature of hope itself is connecting that which is infinite with that which is finite. That which is above you with that which is within you. Reishis habriya betikva. Hakiva yusoyit hispashtas, says Ramachal. Hopefulness is the secret of infinite, of hispashtas. Kav hamishpat, and at the same time, it's justice, it's finite. That's what hopefulness is. Hamakava, the Ramachal says, someone that's hopeful, tamid besimcha, is always besimcha, belitzar. Makava inim star, someone that's hopeful is not betzar. Nimsa, the Ramachal says, I'm just, you know, cutting and you know, pieces over here. The Ramchal says, Nimsa HaTikva, Hopefulness brings you life. Brings you life. Misha Eina Makava, someone that doesn't have hope, Miad Meis. Is already dead. It's already dead. Because that's what, it, that's what enlivens finite realities, that which is infinite. Hamakava, just a couple more lines. It's just, it says, Mom, it's beautiful. The Ramchal says, Hamakava, that which is hope, the person that's hopeful, Afil Nichnas Begehenim. Even if you end up in Gehenim, Yaitzim Menu. Able to get out of it from hope itself. <clears throat> the hopefulness is itself the person's purity. That's what tshuva is. Tshuva is an expression, is a capturing one's hopefulness. It's returning to your source in infinite. When it says, uh, when, when, when tzadikim are, are in tzara, so it says, the Rabbanishim was with them. Through hopefulness, you get out of it, sir. It's Sapali Yeshua to want Mashiach, like the Rizal said, and specifically in the bracha of Esenach David. Because that's the bracha of coming in contact with that which is infinite. That's what hopefulness is. A person should know that when we hope for Mashiach and we believe in Mashiach and we say, you know, you're being poiled. You're accomplishing something with that. It's not just that you're able to survive gullahs because we have this like carrot dangling in front of us. No, no, no. That's how you build Mashiach. The way you build Mashiach in your life, the way you're Meyachet, Yushalayim Yircha, and Asemach David, the way you connect Rambam and Ramban together, is Davka through hopefulness. Hashem should bless us. Like I start from the beginning, that this whole thing is really just Bataris Tefillah. You should all be Zaycha, that this, all this Torah, all this learning and stuff like that should be, you know, you know, it's uh, Mashiach should come already, and this stuff should be like, you know, not again anymore, you know, because we will just be able to see it. To be able to experience an old, new Yiddishkeit. You know, as we say, Chadish Yemenu Kikedem, which we have to experience that with our own eyes. Thanks, Next week, Amen. Hashem, Rabbi Daniel Lubin, Rabbi Yaakov Kaplan.